Vineyard Church family, how are you today? Oh, it's so good to see you. My name is Kurt. I serve as lead pastor here. If you're worshiping with us online, thank you for joining us right where you're at. Maybe PJs, maybe Sunday Best, maybe Sunday Best PJs. For everybody here in the house, it's good to see you. Yeah, yeah, there it is. So good to be together. We're going to see that in the text today, how important it is to be together. Before I launch us into week two of our series, Exponential, I want to say thank you. This is the first chance I've had to say this over the week of Holy Week, so between Palm Sunday and Easter Sunday. We invited you to be a part of what we call Live Generously, where every uh, gift given to our general fund that week was going to be sent out of this community to bless ministries that we partner with, people that are proclaiming the name of Jesus. And I just want to say thank you for choosing the way of generosity that week, because we are going to give $20,000. I think so. Foster and Adoption uh, Partnership Homes with Hope. Living Water International, we're going to help people who need clean water. If you were a part of this freeze, you know how important clean water is. And we take it for granted. For like 48 hours, we had to boil water. And it was annoying. Like we're going to help people that don't have clean water get clean water. Convoy of Hope, in the midst of tragedy, they are all over the globe responding to kind of catastrophic events. They are empowering women in uh, entrepreneurial business opportunities. They're growing food for those who need to eat. Jesus says, take care of the poor. Feed them. Clothe them. Put them in homes and in families. Your generosity is allowing us to say yes to that. And so I want to just give you a challenge. If you have not begun to practice the generosity in your finances with a local church, I would just encourage you to just try it. Like, just give God a chance. Ask God to speak to you. Be faithful in that. Take a first step. Take a next step. Because we don't want to just be generous one week out of the year. We want to be generous ongoingly. And you, this church family, is what allows us to do that. So I just thank you, thank you, thank you. Can you all hear my heart in that? Good. I'm so proud of this church family. In that, I also need to invite us to uh, take a moment together. Because here's what God's inviting us to. If you hear the way Jesus teaches us to pray, he says, Our Father, who art in heaven, holy is your name. See, the call to us is to be welcomed into the family of God. And Jesus invites us to be a part of a local church family. And in that, we begin to walk with one another. We begin to experience life, not just from an individual point of view, but from a familial, a corporate, a community point of view. And this is when we begin to see the things of Jesus really inspire us and call us to a way of living. Like when Jesus is teaching his most famous sermon and he says, blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the peacemakers. When we hear the proclamation of Jesus kind of stepping onto the scene and he says, I have come to set the oppressed free, to bring freedom for the captive, that is our family calling. That's our family heritage. And we have experienced another week where if we listen to the heart cry and the hearts break of those around us, we understand that as a family, we can come with 
humbled hearts. And we can lament and we can pray. Where fear and death grip communities, they grip people groups. This week, I cried with friends of color. My wife and I shared conversation, asked questions. We find ourselves confused again. This is an ongoing theme. If you read the Old Testament, it's an ongoing theme. If you read the New Testament, it's an ongoing theme. If you experience life, potentially through the eyes of another, you begin to experience what it is to allow your heart to break for your family. I think the heart of God breaks for the people he loves, and we see that in Jesus on a cross. I was actually rereading in Luke. And I see Jesus being led to the cross, experiencing the jeers and the, the shame and the hate. And there's a person next to him who, had, who was being crucified for murder. And we see the heart of God for the hurting and the broken. We see the heart of God for the lost and the forsaken. And we see the heart of God for the rightfully accused. And I just thought, what could we do this morning? And I just invited us to pray. And there were three things I felt like the Holy Spirit invited me to lead us in a prayer for. One is the prayer for healing for any person, and I would say particularly our brothers and sisters of color who are experiencing a wounding over and over and over again that is really gripping their lives. That our hearts would break for those who are breaking around us. I also believe we need to pray for fear to be broken in Jesus' name. Because I think about what it might be like to, to live our lives in this perpetual fear and narrative that this person is out to get me, that this people group is out to get me, that this thing that's about to happen is going to steal the very life from underneath me. And that applies to everyone. I just think fear, I think it is a work of the enemy. I think it is a primary effort of Satan and the kingdom of darkness. And I just feel like we're, we just, as followers of Jesus especially, we need to pray for the mercy and compassion of Christ. And there's this refrain that's been a part of the church. And I was singing a song. A friend of mine who pastors in the vineyard co-wrote a song. And the chorus is this, Lord, have mercy. Christ. Have mercy. Lord, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. Lord, would you bring your healing in Jesus' name. For souls that are in anguish today, we say come and we mourn with those who are mourning. God, we weep with those who weep. Teach us how to be that kind of community, God. Holy Spirit, would you come and have mercy today? 
Jesus, come with your kingdom and break through the spirit of fear, the spirit of accusation. And I pray that the work of Jesus on the cross saying, forgive them, Father. The direct interaction with the one who was rightfully accused, he says, you're forgiven and you'll be with me. Come with your forgiveness in Jesus' name. Come with your compassion in Jesus' name. God, where we see more lives taken through, I don't, I don't even know, you know, at a warehouse, a FedEx facility. God, come and surround the families who are dealing with loss, mistrust. God, where powers and authorities are oppressing people, we say, come with your kingdom and bring freedom in Jesus' name. Soften our hearts, O oh God, that we would hear the cries of the outcast. We would hear the cries of the hurting. We would hear the cries of children and parents and grandparents, God. God, set us free from our judgment because we can trust you. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy on us. If you feel like you can, I, I'm just going to say that again, and I just invite you to add your voice. We, we would pray this prayer together. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy on us. Amen. Last week in the first week of Exponential, I said this, I said, when we're willing to be honest about our personal needs, and we're willing to be honest about the good news of Jesus, we can be an authentic witness. And I was talking with a friend this week who I love dearly. And to just hear your friend crying is a very, very like humbling moment. And the thing that I want us to understand, church, is that as we're reading Scripture, we sang it today, that we are coming with a posture of humility to the God who created and breathes life. And if you are hearing anything in your mind or heart that your life is not valuable, it is the accusation of Satan, the accuser, and it is a lie from the pit of hell. It is not the work of Jesus. It is not the work of his kingdom. His kingdom is a kingdom of life and hope. And we, the church, get to be those who embody that. And live the life of Christ. That we live the life of Christ. The redeeming work of Christ. The resurrected hope of Jesus is the hope that launched the early church. And that is our hope to live.
And I just believe for any of us that are not really living that vibrantly, I believe you are in the right place and we need each other to walk with us in those dark seasons, in those hopeless times, calling us forward into the kingdom of light. It was the scripture reading at the beginning out of Isaiah. It is not that we discover this light of our own strength and power that we have figured it out. It's that we receive the work of King Jesus. And it begins to do its work in us. That the hope we have to offer to people is transformed lives. This is kind of a recap from last week. Transformed lives as a fruit of the work of the Holy Spirit is the hope we have to offer humanity. It's just what we have. And I just want to encourage everybody here, if you are online, bring your life into the presence of God. Bring your life into the presence of God. And here's the thing as we, as, we, as we read in Acts 2 today. There are people in your sphere of relationship. Here's what, here's what I think we need to understand. Bringing my life into the presence of God is not so that I get my life squared away and I keep it to myself. That is not the work of Jesus or his church. The work of Jesus is that we experience this incredible work in our lives and there are people that God has purposely put you around that you are to share hope with, that you're to be a witness to. In Acts 1, he says, the Holy Spirit will come on you and you will be my witnesses. What does a witness do? They just tell their story. They don't keep it to themselves. They get up on the stand and they go, here's what I saw. Here's what I heard. Here's what I experienced. This was life through my perspective. This is what I know. You know how weird it would be for a witness to get on the stand and do this? Where were you on the... What do you, guys, our lives, our voices, our social media influence, our relational influence, our familial influence, our sports teams, our work, everywhere that there are people around you, we're going to see it in the text today, everywhere you go, there are people, and there are people that God is putting you near so that your life will be a witness to the glory of God for them. Can I get an Amen. This is what we need. I, I don't know of anything else but to just tell you this is what we need. So here we go. Acts 2. Y'all ready? I'm taking you there whether you're ready or not. So here we go. Okay. All right. Acts 2. We're going to jump in. Verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. They were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews, from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment. Because each one of them heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, shocked, utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia, 
Pamphylia, Egypt, and the part of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? What does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. Okay, it's a good party, apparently. They've had too much wine. What does this mean? Church, I think we need to be willing to ask the same question. As we read Scripture, what does this mean? What does this mean for today? What does this mean for us? What is God up to by the work of the Spirit? What does this mean? And what I want you to know, the thought for today is that if we are going to live as the exponential work of God's kingdom, we have to receive and respond. We have to receive and we have to respond. If we just receive, we get all this wonderful work of God and it doesn't do anything because it's contained by it. There's no exponential impact. 10 to the power of 1 is 10. It stays really small. 10 to the power of 3 is 1,000. As I begin to share the work of God in me and through me, the work of God's kingdom, the seeds of God's kingdom begin to be spread and they bear fruit. What does this mean? What I want us to remember is that Jesus spoke very clearly to church. He says in Acts 1, but remember this, okay? You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses. See, there's something about the early church they understood about togetherness. Togetherness. It says they were all together. They were in one place. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. This is a countercultural moment for us as a church to pursue greater togetherness than our culture has pursued in individual faith. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses, okay? So just think about this. We have to remember this too. They're there. They're in the upper room, and they've just had this encounter with Jesus before his ascension, and he promises them the Holy Spirit. So when they're hanging out and, and things begin to happen, do you think any of them thought it was odd? Do you think any of them were like, what is happening right now? It just got kind of loud. I think I see fire. If tongues of fire started falling in this building, the smoke, like the alarm would go off and the sprinklers would come on, I think. If it was, I mean, okay. Just the, the ramblings of my own mind. We have to cut through some of our westernized view of this and understand God is inviting us to his kingdom to his power, to his glory. Remember, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. It doesn't say you'll be my witnesses to, to the Galileans. When we understand that the work of God is in this, we can receive and respond. Check out how they received and respond. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. See, the promise is you'll be my witnesses to Judea, to Samaria, to the ends of the earth. The mission of Jesus from day one has been all people. For that, I am so grateful. Can you believe that God had you in mind from the get-go? You know, we're parts of, the, we're actually the ends of the earth. We're those ends of the earth that God was speaking about. You and me. 
The Holy Spirit is for all followers of Jesus, and the passion and mission of Jesus is for all people. So I just want you to know, if you're here today and, and you have any context for the Holy Spirit, and you're weirded out or you're not sure, you're like, I was around some people and that wasn't weird, you know, I don't know. Here's the bottom line. The, the reality of Scripture and the work of Jesus is that the Holy Spirit is God's promise for you. It is God's gift to you, and we need to be people who will receive the Holy Spirit and be led by the Spirit so we respond to the Holy Spirit Every day, period. This is what it is to follow Jesus. This is our heritage in the early church. This is what it is to kind of be part of the church from generation to generation to generation, is to be people enabled by the Spirit to witness the good news of Jesus. Can I get an amen? This is great news, everybody. Here's what I, here's why. The striving can cease right now in Jesus' name. The effort of your own strength and power can stop right now in Jesus' name. Your faith journey can be full of the Spirit and led by the Spirit where all you have to do is receive from God and respond to God out of his power and his glory and his goodness. And here's what, here's what I, I love raising my hands in worship. Can Anybody? I love this. You're, you're, I love it. Some of you are like, nope, right here. Boom. I am fully engaged. Did you see what they were doing? It says they were in one room and they were... Sitting. They weren't even like doing anything. They were sitting. Right now, you're perfectly poised. Like you have proper positioned yourself to receive the Holy Spirit. Guys, this is not ours to generate. It is not up to you. It is ours to posture ourselves in humility and trust and say, come Holy Spirit, I want to receive what you're doing and I'm going to be willing to respond even if it stretches me a little bit. Even if it's a little bit beyond my comfort zone. Even if I'm a little bit shaken by the fact that it begins to sound like the roaring wind of heaven in my presence, I'm going to be humbled in your presence. I'm going to be in awe of you, God, and have your way, Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit, and empower me to live a life full of you. When we remember the promise of God, we can receive and respond the activity of God because it will be aligned to the character of God, the word of God, and the activity of God because God is faithful and has integrity, and we can trust that move of the Spirit. We need to receive and respond. We do. I just want to ask you, though, when you hear that, do you have some objections? Like, do you kind of go like, man, I don't know if I'd be comfortable. That would be a little bit odd. I mean, just like anything. I sometimes do. God, what if you really like invite me to go talk to that person? Like, what if I really pray for that? Can I trust you, God? We don't just need to remember that God's called us to be witnesses. We need to daily wake up and remember God's heart. We need to remember God's heart. Check it out. And you will be my witnesses in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. God's heart is for all people. Okay, on three, I want you to say all. One, two, three. Okay, when he said to the ends of the earth, do you think he meant like some of the ends or all of the ends? All. We have to remember every day, every person is in the loving pursuit of God's trajectory. 
ends of the earth. We have to remember God's heart is for all. For all. This postures us so beautifully to trust God with so many details. And there are lots of them. There are lots of them. But here's the challenge in this. We have to receive and respond, right? I want to take us back to the text. Listen to this. It says, Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment. Sometimes the activity of God and the work of God is initially confusing. It's disruptive. It can create bewilderment. It goes on to say this. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? What does this mean? We need to be the kind of people who will make space to have people in our lives asking questions, what does this mean? What is God up to in this? I don't get all of it. I haven't figured it all out. But here's, here's some things that I think are super important for us. God is pursuing humanity. When the Holy Spirit falls, everybody heard it in their heart language. How can we as a church today be pro proclaiming, and here it is, what did the Holy Spirit proclaim? The glory of God. See, our witness is to the glory of God, the goodness of God, the activity of God, the redemption of God, the freedom of God, the activity of God that sets people free, proclaims his glory, not us running around pointing out why everybody needs Jesus. One person caught that. Our witness is not to how broken and, and just, you're so bad, I don't even want you in my community. Like, why would I want to be around you? Your life's such a wreck. That's not the witness of the Holy Spirit in the early church. If, if, I'm, if I'm confronting you a little bit, it's, it's not actually intentional. I mean, maybe it is. Maybe it's the Holy Spirit. We need to turn our attention and our affection to the glory of God because the movement of the Holy Spirit allows us to receive from God and respond to God, and it speaks people's language, even if it's odd. And it proclaims the glory of God, and it invites. And hear it. It was God-fearing Jews. And something about that was calling them into the story of Jesus. Our oldest is playing Little League right now. Anybody got some Pearland Little Leaguers in the house? I just want to ask you, this is not a judgmental question. This is complete honest, like just an assessment of self. If our witness has transformed lives, how often are we making space to sit and wait for the Holy Spirit to encounter us in our lives? How much space are we making I was thinking about this little league season that we're in, playing a couple games a week, a couple practices a week, so we're like to four commitments a week. The expectation of, of the little league team is that our son will be with the team to practice, will be with the team on game day, and will probably put in some practice on his own. Would it feel a little bit oppressive if I just said, hey, if you want to be a part of the Vineyard Church, you need to come to practice 
We're going to practice two nights a week here at the church. And you got to come for game day, which is Sunday and small group. We practice two, two games a week. And then, and then I just want you to know, like, you need to be putting in work on your own. I found myself just kind of going, like, it just seems super normal to show up to practice an hour and a half, two hours. Man, I, I start pushing past an hour and 20 minutes and we're in trouble. What I'm asking us to consider is, are we, I long for the Holy Spirit to move in my life. Am I too busy? Am I too hurried? Am I too caught up with other stuff? But let me tell you how beautiful the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit comes in a room where people are sitting. We begin to proclaim the glories of God where people out in the marketplace start to move towards them and ask, what does this mean? We need to be people of the Spirit at practice, at work, at school pickup, when we're partnering with the PTA, when we're at the grocery store, when we're at the gym. We need to be people of spirit when we're on social media. We need to be people of the spirit when we're parenting children, when we're, you know, kind of in the trenches of like a marriage relationship or a friendship and we're practicing forgiveness. We need to be people of the spirit. We're receiving and responding all day, every day. All day, every day. All day, every day. Here's where I want to finish because we're going to take some time to practice. Interest and amazement is not the same thing as surrender and following. Interest and amazement is not the same thing as surrender and following. This is what we see set up here. There were some that were like, man, that's crazy. I can explain that away in human terms. They're drunk. Now, I'm going to invite you back next week because there's a rebuttal to that. And you're going to find out why because this actually happened early in the morning. That's probably why we have church early in the morning. <laughs> that was a bad church joke. It's okay to have bad church jokes. We're at church, and I'm a bad comedian. That's why I'm not a comedian. We can be interested in Jesus. We can like what Jesus says. We can actually be amazed. Jesus is an amazing person. It is very different than coming to confront myself in the presence of the living God and say, I surrender and I follow you in all things. Transformed lives is our witness. Surrender and obedience is the way of Jesus. They were bewildered. They were amazed. Wow. In the ministry of Jesus, people were amazed. And if you read, it says people walked away sad. People chose not to surrender. People chose not to follow. I'm curious for us, what will it be? We are invited to be a family of faith who follow Jesus every day by the power of the Spirit. By the power of the Spirit. And here's what's incredible. If in this time where things seem so divided, it is the same Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead that lives in us. We are united by the Spirit. 
And guess what? The Spirit speaks every language. So it doesn't mean you lose the beauty of God revealed in you and revealed in the part of the world that you're from and revealed in the the ways God knit you together in the womb. He gives value to your life. He calls you into his story. And the spirit that is alive in you draws us into a family. And it teaches us how to forgive. And it teaches us how to pray for one another. Because even when you don't know what to pray, the Spirit is interceding for you at at the right hand of the Father. That God himself prays for you. The Spirit is what unifies the church. The Spirit is what empowers the church. And all we have to do is receive and respond. And here's where the rubber meets the road. Will we surrender? Will we go, God, I need more of you? Jesus, I need more of you, that we would belong together, that our belief in Jesus would cause us to receive more and more of what Jesus is doing by the Spirit. We would belong, we would believe, and we would become. Becoming more like Christ is the response of our life every day. Together, receiving and responding. I know last week I asked you to stand at the end of the message, but I feel like in reading Acts 2, they were sitting in a room together, so I'm going to let you sit. Because here's the deal. We don't have to make anything happen. But I asked a a team from our church to pray for you this week, to pray for the service, and we have a few words that we believe are spirit-inspired, and we're going to step into a time of ministry. And um, I I just want to kind of help us understand, if this is new for you, I'm going to show you what healing prayer night kind of looks like. When we invite you to come get prayer down front, this is kind of what it looks like. We believe God speaks. We believe the Holy Spirit inspires moments through words of knowledge, through impressions, through pictures. We can see this in scripture, dreams and visions, through scripture. Sometimes we'll read a scripture over somebody, and it's the movement of God for their heart and for their mind and for their soul, for their freedom. And that's what we're going to take a few minutes to do that. And I'm just going to ask the Holy Spirit to come. And I believe right now the Holy Spirit wants to meet any of you. And this might be new. And I always kind of take a posture of receiving. So however you want to be in a posture to receive, we're just going to say, come Holy Spirit. If you are online, if you're watching this Thursday afternoon, (laughs) you can receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit continues to work all day, every day. And so we're just going to pray. I'm just going to pray a prayer of invitation. And God, today I'm trusting that no matter how clunky a delivery it was, no matter how this message might have been sharp and to the point or muddy, I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would come and you would bring your kingdom. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come. You are the promise of the Father and the Son. I've already prayed this, but I just pray right now that you would begin to quiet the voice of the accuser, that you would break the spirit of fear off people who are having a hard time believing that you love them and want to connect with them, and we just make space for you to move. As you're waiting on the Lord, if you just begin to feel a sense of his presence. Sometimes you can feel a physical sense that God is near you. Sometimes you'll begin to hear this still, small voice, whispers of, I love you. I see you. You'll begin to have really good thoughts. Whatever that means for you, just believe that's the Lord speaking to you. 
God, I'm reminded that the early church had scriptures. They had walked with Jesus. They had seen Jesus after his resurrection. And they still had need of the Holy Spirit. God, we thank you for the life of Christ. We thank you for your word. We need your spirit, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Come and fill us today, God. What I'm going to do is I'm going to begin to just share a couple of the words that some of our team had. And if you feel like this is for you, just don't resist it. We believe that when words come like this, especially in a large group, it is God just saying, hey, I love you. And remember, we're not an individualized community. We're a family of faith, and we can receive the delight of the Lord for our brothers and sisters when the Lord meets them in a meaningful way. It is to actually encourage or edify the whole body when like a prophetic word is given or a word of encouragement, which that's what these would be. One of our team was praying, and they said this, There are some, or maybe someone specific, that is some deep, recessed pain. They said, I saw a cave with a thin opening, and you couldn't go in it. It represented the hardness surrounding and hiding this pain. There's much fear in bringing this out into the light. The Lord wants them to know that he is the gentle physician. He knows how to heal and lead them into freedom. They do not have to fear him. He stoops down in gentleness to heal And hold their hand of this cave of pain. Hold uh, their hand out of this cave of pain. Take a deep breath and begin that journey into healing. They can and are able to walk out of the cave of deep pain. Another word that was given just said, as I was uh, listening to worship music this week and in my devotional, I had this sense from the Lord. The Lord would say this, although you are in the crowd, you stand in the distance because you feel unworthy or ashamed. Therefore, you discount and disqualify yourself from being one who can receive. Hear me when I tell you, I speak your name too. I am not ashamed of you, quite the contrary, come close to me. And experience the spirit-filled life more fully. And then with boldness, because of what you receive, go and speak of me. One of our staff in worship this morning was worshiping and said they had this picture. And it was a picture of a sheep in a pit. And they said as they saw this, this sheep in a deep pit, they were reminded that scripture says Jesus leaves the 99 to pursue the one. And that God loves the one even in the pit. And you might be in this room and, and you don't feel anything. It just is darkness. Like you still, even though you're in church and you're in a room full of people, it feels like you're in the pit. And we just, God wants to find you right where you're at. And as you shared that with me, I, I felt like it just said this, the pit is not your identity or your worth. The love of God for you is. Another one sent in this prayer. What I'm going to do is I'm going to pray this over us and then I'm going to invite us to stand. Because I think there's two real clear invitations for us to close with. Almighty and everlasting God, 
who in the reality that Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ will come again, established the new covenant of reconciliation. Grant that all who have been reborn in the fellowship of Christ's body may show forth in their lives what they profess by their faith. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you, and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Let's stand together as a community. Lord, we need you. We need you. There have been so many invitations today. Invitations for those who need healing. Invitations for those who need freedom. Invitations for those who feel cast aside or in the pit. Who believe that you're in such a darkness the Lord does not reach you there. But that is the place that the kingdom comes. And I just had this sense this morning as I was going back over my notes that there are some today... You have been on the fringe, you've been interested, maybe even amazed. But if I asked, are you fully following Jesus? You would just have to go, if I'm honest, the answer is no. I still, I still am kind of doing my own thing. Today is a day of invitation to step fully in, to surrender, to say, God, I give you all of my life. There have been some things I've been holding on to. I've been doing it the way I want to do it. I've still been God over that part, that thing. Today is a day to say full yes to your need for a Savior, for your need for relationship with God, and to be empowered by the Spirit. So today, God, would you fill us to be those who receive and respond by the power of the Spirit. God, may we be your witnesses. Show us the people this week that you have placed in front of us to say, be people of hope, and to be people of light, not of our own goodness, but by the power of the Spirit, that we would be your church and we would see an exponential move of God. Holy Spirit, come. God, you are good. And it is in your goodness we can trust. It is in your love and faithfulness we can trust. So I pray that we would hear in our heart language you speak of your glory. And we would come to a deeper sense of belonging, of believing and becoming those you have made us to be. I bless your church in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.